So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops.
Welcome to the 358th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who has weaponized anxiety in a way that should make everybody fucking nervous. And my cohort in anxiety, my co-host on this show, and the man who's going to turn this shit around is my co-host, Matt. Anybody just have, like, the fattest bag of weed? <laughs> uh, no. My attorneys no? have advised me to tell you that I do not. And how many do you have again? Supposed to be not attorneys. <laughs> not attorneys. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, none of them are fat. None of them no. are bags. All no. of them are obtained legally because they are Delta 8 and or 10 or whatever is allowed to be purchased federally and through this state. Yeah, that's <sighs> Yes, Woo, that was advice man. to me to say by my that's, lawyers. And how many lawyers is that again? <laughs> About as many as I may or may not have facts of fucking Delta 8 <laughs> and or 10. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. Delta 10's good shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting into CBD a lot more, uh, just basically because all it does is make me stop fucking panicking every five fucking seconds about every fucking thing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, uh, that's, that is a nice part of it, because I've, I've been using a lot of Delta 8, Delta 10 stuff, and yeah, that, it gets the job done. <laughs> the CBD is nice because it has no psychoactive side of it, and it's just, uh, it just calms you down, so that's why I like it. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, well, I need the, <laughs> I need to get psych. So I need that part. <laughs> My doctor says I need weed to get high. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I need that scene. The doctor says I need weed to get high. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're talking Juan the Curse too because he has no segue from that. Yeah, there is none. We can't find a way to get over through that. <laughs> this is interesting because it is a sequel, but it also basically digs in on like 30 minutes of the previous film that they didn't quite get the way I guess the director liked it or it wasn't quite right because they just redo it instead of refeaturing it. Hmm. Did you notice that? <laughs> I didn't, actually. It just kind of... Well, yeah, I, I noticed, I mean, the first 30 minutes of this movie, uh, uh, which is an hour and 15, it's just a recap from the end of the last movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's redone. It's reshot. It's new footage. It's a, a new, bit, new yeah, ways of doing it. Yeah, but I mean, it. it's the same story. There's yeah, a the, new story. Yeah, it's <laughs> the same storyline, but what they're doing is, okay, you don't need to see the first one because here's the pertinent <laughs> shit that will make this one work for you. Ah, uh, I got you, yeah. So, that's true. <laughs> this is almost a remake, Will. And this is the yeah. interesting thing about what... And I'm, I apologize if I'm saying this wrong, but she's in with the director and the writer of this film and the previous film. He's doing the variations on the theme and it feels to me like this time around he's trying to get it right with the next 30 minutes. So when we're rehashing the previous stuff, this isn't like Boogeyman and Boogeyman 2. This is reshot stuff that shows things from a different perspective and changes certain amounts of the story and also kind of redoes certain elements of it. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't really have a problem with that because when we get into the other parts of the story, I think it would have only bugged me if I watched them back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't have any real problems with it either. Um, the only time I got a little iffy on it is in one of the scenes. I mean, we'll get there, but I was kind of annoyed by the dialogue because it was really repetitive. I guess I should say, especially when, you know, you're going to, you already kind of told us the story again. Yeah, I, we'll get there when we get there because I think I know what you're talking about. And I, yeah. I, I have some of the same, um, complaints, but I just wanted to say that this movie proves my theory, at least for the fate of the cat in the previous yeah. movie. Remember when I had said, said that I thought that that was the cat in the sink? Well, this movie flat yeah. out tells you when it rehashes that, that yes, that yeah, was the cat that, in the that, sink. That was the fucking cat in the sink. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that at least we know for sure. And then it does give you 
little more of the stories that are behind it. So I feel like the repeated stuff that they put in this was also just so they could expand upon those stories and they needed to make sure they brought everybody up to speed. And in so doing, the director said, hey, I bet I can shoot this better this time around. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. What is interesting about this series, however, is the next couple of movies are going to be theatrical run films. These first two were made for TV, right? Uh, made for video. Yeah, they call it made V-Cinema over there, oh. but it's like direct-to-video kind of I got you. releases yeah. where you would rent it or it would be a pay-per-view or whatever and then eventually on cable. These got so wildly popular to where they were like, hey, we're going to throw some money behind this and release them in theaters and we're going to make theatrical run films. Yeah. And then America does what America does and stole that shit. <laughs> When they just called them the grudge or Juon, which Juon roughly translated, I, I don't think I said this last week, but Juon roughly translated in English means like curse grudge or the curse of grudge, okay. roughly translated. And the idea is that that curse, like I had said, where it'll transfer to other people and basically it self-replicates by every soul that it takes. And that statement that I made, we'll get into it, but that was proven right here too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but fucking A, uh, uh, yeah, it's the, and then she had this reading of shit, uh, uh, like a plaque on the old apartment, so it's going to be fucking weird to go through all this. A lot of dialogue in this, so I hope I caught everything. That was another worry. I will, uh, I will try my best. shit ton of dialogue in I'll that. try my best to fill in the stuff that I could as well, but um, yeah. I do have to tell folks that uh, the stories in this film are definitely more dense. This is a definitely more confident direction. Director, even though it was done the same year, he's already yeah. grown as a filmmaker to the point where I had to double take to make sure that it was the same person. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Like there's some parts of this, like even though it's still V cinema, but there's some parts of this that are really, really well made. And uh, the rough parts of the very first production. Oh, yeah. This is really well made. Yeah. The, I mean, the, but you remember, like compared the to the only first thing one, that makes it seem to me like it's that director. Why I said maybe a more like a TV movie type thing. The only reason I said that is because of like the graininess of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we had a bad with, resolution copy, though. Yeah, so. but that was that was really the only reason why yeah, this it, thing was very well made. It's clearly shot on video, which is the V-Cinema thing. It's shot to yeah. be on video, so it's shot on video, and so was the first one. But what I'm getting at is the camera techniques, the camera angle work, the uh, scare tactics, and the use of the full of the frame in, in exposing where some creatures might be or some creepy crawlies and like the ghosts over the shoulder, you get to see things as the audience much sooner than the person that's being spooked. And the way that they're doing that with the haunting and the way that the the way that they filmed these scenes, I'm going to just state right now, this is already already grown as a filmmaker. So either they got a better crew behind Shizumu in this production, or he just learned so much from the first film that he was able to apply to this one because they shot it the same fucking year. Yeah. Shot and released the same fucking year. Huh. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is something jesus christ yeah the I mean, japanese do, do all- not fuck around when they make movies, no they man. do that a lot because they did that with uh, uh sudoku so yeah but that Sadako. was but that was Sorry. two different directors right working simultaneously yeah. this is the same guy shooting films back to back i mean granted they're like 76 and um what 65 minutes right yeah, but give, give or take, but still, that's yeah, this like, is about an hour and 15, so yeah. maybe 10 more minutes than the first one. But I mean, he still shot that back to back and got it produced back to back by everybody that was helping out with that. And yeah. uh, their production stepped up their game because they all got comfortable working together on the first one. And I, yeah, I think I, what I'm getting at here is I think a filmmaker needs to just fucking shoot some shit and get it done, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> look at how well this guy grew. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, enough of that fucking rant. Enough of this fucking bullshit. Enough of our fucking pablum. I think we've padded yep. out this episode more than enough with a bunch of fucking it. talk that nobody fucking cares about. Let's get into Jew on the fucking curse. Now, before we fucking do that, how many fucking times can I fucking say fuck? I don't even fucking know. Fuck me. Fuck fuck. Yeah, man. You're going fucking crazy with fuck. <laughs> but before we do that, before we go and do all of that discussion, we're going to take the break. And during that break, once again, I found more all-female Japanese bands, my man. And well, who doesn't love it? Uh, this this fucking week, it all fucking rocks once again. I, I As long as we get to be lucky. Apparently, the Japanese know how to fucking rock because yeah, well, yeah. everything That's we found definite. so far has been fucking incredible for this show, right? So Yeah, it really has. <laughs> okay, so up first is Otoboke Beaver, I believe is how that is pronounced correctly, Beaver. with the song Don't Light My Fire. But before that, a special message from our new owner and proprietor, Kevin, and our Legion Patreon ad. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin. As many of you probably have heard, Bo will be heading back to school to become a teacher. Congratulations, Bo. As such, I'll be taking over the reins, managing, and spreading the good word of Legion Podcast. To kickstart things off, as an added thank you for patrons in June, Legion plans to have Steam Code giveaways for current Patreon backers. A random person will be picked from the Patreon every other week or twice per month, and the winners can choose from the available Steam Codes. Thank you so much for supporting Legion Podcast. You can reach me on Twitter or the Legion Discord group. My username is at LonelyBob. See you around. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room.
That is fucking Otoboke Beaver with Don't Light My Fire, and Matt Psyop's fucking mind just got fucking blown by that song. Fucking freaking out, man. (laughs) And I like it. You were not prepared for that level of fucking awesome, were you? It's my happening, man, and it freaks me out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Why don't we freak out the listeners and do the fucking review? Oh, fuck, man. What do you think this is? Some review show? (laughs) Yes, it is a cinema psyop, in fact. Oh, shit. You're right. I totally forgot. Yeah, let's get to it. All right. I thought this is just where we bullshit with one another about our neuroses and make the listeners feel bad for us. That's our psyop. It's not that deep. Yeah, that's true. Juhan, the curse, too. Uh, We begin with, uh, it's, uh, you know, the same beginning. It's kind of like it tells you about the curse. Um, It's almost exactly the same. It's just they reshot it and it's animated better this time. And then it, it recaps. We go back. We see the teacher. He's going to the kid's house. And we're back to six parts again. So that's how I'm doing a review. We start the first part, Kayako. So it... I don't know. This could be pretty. This could be pretty quick because it's pretty much. Hey, did you guys listen to the last show? Here's the end. So, all right. So the uh, teacher, he's uh, 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 the teacher's at Toshio's house. Um, it's the same stuff from the previous film. He's putting the picture together. We notice the face of the mother missing. Uh, he hears a cat, cat meowing. Uh, he checks the bathroom. Looks outside. Looks down. He has that vision of blood in his hands, and we see the fucking cat in there. There. Yeah, cuts. His yep. hands are clean. This is where we're definitely proving that that's what they meant the last time. They just drove it home with the sound of the cat. Yeah, and a better ver- vision of the cat. Yeah, you definitely before, see. Before it was kind of really mixed in there. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, it was so blurry. This time, you know what's there. Um, for sure. Yep. Uh, then the you know we get the same scene. The the kids upstairs in the room talking to his mom. The mom's talking to him. The teacher enters, and it's just the kid doing a drawing. Then he hears his name called by the mother's voice. He walks in the hallway, goes into the really bad room. He finds her writings about him because uh, she was in love with him. He then, Just like the last film. Yep. Then looks up, finds her body, still as disturbing as it was before. Um, Filmed differently, and she looks yeah. more broken this time around than the last it, time. And just scarier as well. Yeah, the makeup's a little more solidly done in this film as well. Yeah. Uh, so he runs out, uh, and uh, here's where it kind of differs. This time he finds Toshio, grabs him, and he carries him with him. Remember last time he ran out and Toshio was just gone. Uh, but this time he runs out, grabs Toshio, leaves him at the front door, grabs his shit, heads back. Then he gets the call from the husband who tells him, hey, pretty much, you know, he killed his wife and took out, cut out their baby out of her. <laughs> the phone um, booth is somehow more grody and bloody in this one. And yes, the fetus is. is much more detailed, even though it just looks like a hunk of meat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's horrific. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they really fucking drive it home in this part. Yeah. Um, he collapses and then Kaiko comes crawling down the stairs. She's horrific. Uh, Toshio is making the cat noises, just standing there with his mouth open. This time we don't have plastic. It's just her in the dress and it doesn't work quite as well for me. Well, I didn't think she was in plastic the, in the house the last film. I thought she was just in her dress. The well, plastic was when she was out in the street. I could have swore I heard her dragging herself with plastic in the ceiling and like it was plastic on the stairs too, or I heard it. Huh. Maybe that's just uh, the slushy meat sound that we get in this yeah. film. Yeah, right. Maybe they and just improve that and I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. 
I thought it was scarier this time around. Um, oh, well, do we have a differing opinion? It just worked for yeah. you better this time. It's definitely longer, and she definitely it's has longer, the, and you see her more. Yeah, and, and, and the body the movements are much more thing. horrific this time around because she's practiced them, and she's getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait, uh, just wait till they have money to let her really practice, man. It's oh, really Jesus fucking Christ. horrifying. Right. Uh, he backs up to the front door, and she's then there, opens up the door, descends upon him, killing him. And then we cut to her husband's, you know, swiping the infant in the bag around. The noises are even more disgusting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more squishy meat in this, a lot. Yeah, she kills him while in the bag, and that's the end of that story. Okay. So really, it's just a recap of the, Doesn't the she end come- of the teacher story. Doesn't she come out of the duffel bag in the other film and this one she's in a trash bag? No, she was in a trash bag in the last film too. Not a trash bag, but a plastic bag, but it was something plastic and she came out of that. Yeah, but this this one, the bag Bumble. grows, the bag doesn't drag across the street at him though, in the other film though, does it? Uh, no, he uh, well, it comes out a little bit, but it's a, with a bunch of other garbage and then her hand shoots out at him. Yeah, and this one, it's just like the bag goes across the alleyway for a while and then and this one, it's, out. It's, it's not like Nightmare in Elm Street with, uh, you know, Tina uh, being Nancy, dragged by Tina. the feet. Yeah. Well, and also Tina in the plastic bag. And that's you what see I meant. Bloody in Nancy's dream. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Tina being yeah. dragged in the body bag. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it reminded me it's of. Exactly only. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's what it reminded me of, too. Yeah. And that's the end of that story. So, again, it's going through this part of the story is the end of the teachers. Yeah, we can move the on. The teachers are. Yeah, we've we've yeah. gone over this before. We've we've compared the differences. Wow, there's not much else to say. Well, now, here we're going to go. We're going to cut back to Kyoko. Now, the new story is Kyoko. And this, again, goes back to the end of the last movie where we see this young lady, Kyoko. She goes to her brother, her, visits her realtor brother. Um... And he's like, hey, I need help with this place. Uh, you know, it has an ugly pass. There's all that a, kind of shit. It, it's a lot wordier in this one than the last yeah. film, but it goes but on for same, a while. Yeah, but it's the yeah, same story. It's the story. same fucking story. He's, he bought this house thinking it'd be easy to flip it because of where it is. It was cheap. And he thought he'd make a good profit. But because of its history, people are having problems buying it. She has a sensitivity to the, to the supernatural. So he wants her to use her gifts there. Uh, she walks into the house. She's uncomfortable. He's like, yeah. She sees Kayoko standing there in the, like, window before she even goes in. Yeah. Yeah. She sees, like, what looks like Kayoko standing there. When she gets in, um, he's like, yeah, a woman and her daughter were murdered at the same time and the dad's in the hospital. And that's when she's like, nah, it's wrong. More than, more than two people were killed here. Um, so as they check it out, uh, she finds mail to the old, the, the, the husband who did all the murdering. Sake, I believe is yep. the family name. Yeah. She's wondering who's that. She goes upstairs and, um, again, just feels completely and totally uncomfortable. When the bro comes in, she tells him, go get the sake. She tries the sake. She spits it out. She says, if anyone drinks this and spits it out, they can't handle this house. She also talks about it being a very purified version of sake or a very specific one and he just says you mean like Japanese sake yeah and, and that's when he brings it back to her but there's a lot more specific stuff and there's a lot more fleshed out character stuff uh, as to her yeah. motivations this story gets and a lot his. more added to it yeah so. like he talks about how they got this place super cheap and it's going to make them money and that's why he's determined to sell it but it's also going to cost them money if they can't so he also has to unload it so it sets up that he's a cheapskate that would knowingly buy a murder house for some reason other than to save money yeah yeah yeah, well, I mean, that's why anybody buys the murder houses in horror movies. They're super cheap. They're usually super nice and thinking you can resell it. Usually, yes. And this guy is uh, also not afraid of murder 
houses because he just doesn't get it. Exactly. Um, well, then we she, of course, leaves the house because it's too much for her. And that's where things differ. Now we cut to a kid. He's watching a horror movie. Uh, the TV starts going to Fritz, and he's like, he gets close to it, and he sees something that spooks him. And as he backs up, there's something behind him we can't see, but then we get static that fills the screen. We cut back, uh, the brother sold the house, and the sister's like, oh, you sold it, and did you do the sake? And he goes, yeah, we did it, they were fine. He's clearly lying. Uh, yeah. Uh, the sister, she goes up to the house, uh, sees the woman in the window, she looks really freaky. And so that sister, the sister leaves, and that's kind of where the movie had ended. Last, uh, she doesn't just look freaky; movie. she looks like Kayoko yeah, yeah. already. Already, yeah. There you go. As she leaves, she calls someone for some information about what happened in that house a few years ago. A dude shows up with a folder and some info. He tells her to be real careful. Lots of people died there, and some are still missing. Uh, she reads all about the teacher's body being found and what the husband did, and being the prime suspect of everything. Um, that happened. Um, then she has a flashback when she found the mail and it has the same name as the husband who's the prime suspect. She goes to her pro's workplace. Uh, he isn't there, but she gives the officer, office worker there the information she has. And then she also wants the new address that her brother now lives at with her son. As she goes to his place, she sees the phone booth from where that dude called from, you know, and she's staring at it because it's obviously probably got some fucking horrific shit, you know, if she has this extra sensory type stuff. One of the so things you- that they explain in the beginning of the grudge is that the um, the Juon, this curse of grudge, can spread to anywhere. Anyone that has been affected yep. by it can take it to anywhere. So it's mm-hmm. in that school, like we talked about, all the things that I was suspecting was probably happening. So yeah. everybody's going to start getting affected by this in some way, shape, or form, and that phone booth itself is going to emanate the horror of what has happened in there from that same curse, because that's what this guy was doing. Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. She enters and she's uh, sensing something really bad. She finds this little paper or almost like a, a plaque and it reads Ofuda, tablet or amulet on which is written the name of a deity made of wood or paper. Taken home, they may be enshrined in the household Kemadana and worshipped to attain divine aid. That freaks her out seeing it. She almost, she rips all the shit up. Um, she then finds her nephew and his name is Nobu he is the same boy who we saw before who was watching TV. He's kind of sitting there right now, and he's in a catatonic state almost. She kind of wakes him up, and he goes, you know, he's like, oh, hey, but he's still kind of really out of it. And then she hears knocking, and she answers the door. And it's the neighbor lady, and she said she had heard a baby crying and a woman scream. But uh, Kayoko says there's no baby here and pushes her out and closes the door. We cut to the bro. He's checking the documents, and he is horrified now to learn the apartment he is and son live in is the same apartment that the teacher and his pregnant wife lived in where she was murdered and so was the baby apparently because the guy yes. cut it out of her and then murdered the baby yes uh, that's why you heard a woman scream and a baby cry right that is part of the grudge that he has unleashed on this apartment forever affecting this apartment with that yes uh, back at the apartment the kid and the aunt have the same vision of Takio killing the teacher's wife and then 
cutting the baby out of her. It is grotesque. It is horrific. It is thankfully in black and white, but that somehow makes that worse. Yeah, it's still bad. Real bad. It is super Um, fucking effective, and yes, it's pretty goddamn intense. I can see where it's too much for you. At that point, Kyoko passes out, and that's the end of that story. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, this time around, he really took a crack at it and really made it way more intense and way more insane. Yeah, it was... That was fucking, uh, that was a lot to deal with emotionally on that one. Yeah. Like I, had I known this stuff was going to be that prevalent in both films, I would have definitely probably warned you, but I totally did. I, either I've spaced it or I well, didn't At wanna... least coming up in this film, I was more prepared because I'm like, they're obviously going to reference the first film. And, and if we don't get a flashback of the guy killing the pregnant wife and killing the baby, I was going to be shocked just because of how these films have been going, you know? Right. So where they further expand the story and the, the further yeah. you go through this series the more you get to see just how horrible it was i mean even in yeah. this film we will see even more of just how horrible it was and everything that we were speculating and everything we were imagining they deliver and make you fucking revel in it because they, they just they just force you to fucking stare at it this time around with the smashing of the fetus it's so much more grotesque and horrific and then just when you're like okay well at least we're done with that you know before they reveal what this apartment is because the kid's already freaked out and he's already losing his mind and you know what's gonna happen like you're fully aware of it but you're like oh christ no oh christ yeah. no like you don't uh, you don't want it to happen and that's what yeah. the film does so fucking well is it lets you know what it's gonna fucking do and makes you fucking dread it and then when it finally delivers it to you you're already just so fucking worked up you just want it over with and then you feel guilty for thinking that because they give you the thing that you're like oh just get it over with already then they fucking yeah. do it like they did here and it's in black and white and it's gritty and it's grainy and it's clearly a vision that's been disturbing this kid who has the same power as his aunt and you are left to deal with that shit and they just end the fucking segment right after it and you're like what the fuck is gonna happen to them now like i want to know and here's what's really getting amazing by the end of this second story now there are six we are now 40 minutes in and we still have four stories to go. Yeah, they're they're lengthening the stories. They're giving them more time to yeah. breathe. And this they're, next story is going to take up almost the rest of the movie. The last few stories are like minute stories, quick. But that's all they need to be is quick. It is horrific. Yeah, it's interesting how they do that because they're expanding the universe. They expand the stories out. And I think, like I said, it's just a filmmaker that has learned from his previous experience. And he wants to make longer and longer films. And he didn't quite get it to the full hour for one complete story, but he got close enough to where he knows he can make a feature film the next time around. And then he just basically does what he needs to to get the film completed. And he does these other little vignettes and they're still tied enough together. But I think he just did that for the excuse to jump around in time and tell the yeah. parts of the story that he wanted to tell. Yeah. And it just so happened that we're expanding upon a universe that jumps around in time. It probably could have been yeah, that different. Does that, that does it anyway. So fuck it. I mean, yeah. It, when you already have established that, that you can tell sto- different stories of different people out of order with one connecting thing, then you're kind of, his his playbook is then wide open to do what he wants. When you've already established it with the first movie, you can do whatever you want following up. Well, here's the interesting thing. I completely forgot about the different segments of stories because of this next one we're about to go into. And because it was so long, like I just got engrossed in it and just got sucked into this fucking world. And this next story is definitely the longest one. Yeah. Like 
if you wanted to break that in two, that would be fine, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. But if not, let's just fucking go for it and see what happens. No, yeah, I'm just going to go for the one story. All right, That's I'll try my best yeah. not to interrupt you until you tell me that it's the end of the story. <laughs> All right. I doubt that will fucking happen because we're still I mean, have to get a longer we episode. We have too much week. going on here. I doubt that we'll be either one of us will be able to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Right. So, Tatsua. Uh, well, we see the new residents of the home, the cursed home, are Yoshimi and Hiroshi Kitada. Yoshimi, uh, she's getting the mail and tells the mailman they've already been, only been living there for just a couple of weeks. And the mailman's like, yeah, it was a, was an empty home. And he kind of seems nervous about it. Well, there's some mail and it is addressed, uh, to, uh, uh, to Hiroshi uh, Kitada, but it's from Sender Unknown. When she opens it, it's Toshio's drawing of her mother and father. So who sent that to her? I mean, we just don't know. But it possesses her. You tell. Seeing it. So these are the new owners. They might have done the, the sake experiment and maybe the sake did work. Like, they, they drank it. They're fine. They could actually live there. So because the ghost couldn't get to or the curse couldn't get to them that way just by them living in the house now he, she actually handled something that toshio has handled you know what i mean maybe that's what it seemed like to me because it was real quick she looks at it and then she gets all starey at it then she walks inside her husband's sitting there and she's he's complaining about her mixing coffee beans um she gives him some eggs he's complaining about the eggs so she takes the pan she has and just smacks him right over the head killing him then sits right the over- fuck down and has her own breakfast like a yeah, champ like a champ just sits down like fuck it while he's convulsing on the floor that was fucking cold hearted yeah I fucking do not feel bad for him because he was being such a goddamn prick yeah a whiny little bitch really yeah I think they did that on purpose just so we wouldn't feel bad about it but it is pretty goddamn horrific it is I mean just it's shocking too just out of nowhere. Yeah, true. Um, then we cut back to Nobuwaki, uh, uh, who is staring off into space as his father's watching him. They are now out in the country, uh, staying at uh, uh, his gra- uh, Nobuwaki's grandparents' place. Uh, the kid then goes in and sits next to his grandmother, and they're both staring at a door. They open the door just a bit, and we see a very possessed and scary-looking Kyoko who's in there. She's like uh, rocking back and forth and chanting and shit it's weird yeah tetsua who is the brother and uh, the father of nobuki uh tetsua and his parents talk the mom wants to take her to a doctor but the dad says yeah no doctor's gonna help what she has and tetsui agrees um and then tetsui tells them the story about his apartment the dad says she is obviously possessed in some way uh that she's always had these powers since she was a little girl being able to see ghosts and he had those as well when he was younger um he tells tetsui that he needs to go home and do something about the place before it infects them all well as he's leaving he gets a call from his assistant he tells his assistant that he's gonna go to the house the the cursed house he doesn't say that but that's where he's gonna go that's what he meant yeah and she goes okay and she goes also kyoko is there and is waiting for him and she's been waiting for a while his sister who is currently in the country home. And he goes, he was, he gets really freaked out by that and tells her, I don't know what you're talking about, goodbye, and hangs up on her. Um, we cut back to the assistant, and she tells, we see an outline of Kayoko behind the glass wall. She says, oh, he's just running late. And she goes, oh, is that so? And then when the assistant goes to check on her, 
no one's there. So, so that's some creepy shit. I don't, I don't even know what I'd do right there. <laughs> there is something in this film, and I don't know if we've touched on it yet or not, but they do talk about how even the corpses, if they ever find a corpse, eventually goes missing. Yeah, everything goes missing eventually. Even the bodies have go missing. So anyone that is affected by this curse, their bodies even disappear. And that's yeah. very important in this one because I want to use that to prove the thing that I am trying to say about how every victim becomes a new version of that same curse. Okay. We'll get there when we get there, but let's move yeah. on. Uh, well, he visits the house. Everything appears kind of, believe it or not, normal. Um, no, no, you know, she's t- just talking to him, the, the wife. And uh, as they talk, she's like, hey, you have a child, don't you? He goes, yeah, I have a son. And she goes, oh. And she goes, me and my husband, we're, we were we're wanting children as well. She sits down in a couch. And as he walks over, he finds the drawing that Toshio drew of his parents. And she says, all of a sudden her voice says, yeah, my son drew that. He doesn't like him when I put it there. And he was like, well, wait, I thought you didn't have kids. And when he turns around to probably ask about that, she's sitting there, but her head's down with her hair covering her face. And the voice changes too. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that or not. I think it's supposed yeah, to be Keiko's a little voice. Bit. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to really notice, but it does. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not going to argue that point, but it's yeah. ever so slightly different that we have to at least acknowledge it, right? True. Well, then we go back to his dad's and mom's house, and the mom says Kayoko is actually laughing. And then we see mom staring at Kayoko from the doorway, and she starts laughing, and it's it's just fucking creepy. Mom's obviously infected and has lost lost it. She seems uh, to be behaving just like her daughter was at first, because it, be- it starts with like a mania, and then yeah. it slowly devolves into something else, and I think that's what they were hinting at. Yeah, I think so. It's like a symptom. Um, the dad then starts hearing cat sounds. The dad walks into a room and sees the boy Toshio's head coming out of the floor staring at him. Yeah, it's like a hole in the fucking floor and it's terrifying that little fucker. Yeah, he falls and as he's backing up uh, staring at it, we see in the background as he's in the hallway uh, his wife laughing laughing and then just falls the fuck down dead. Um, And then we see Kyoko just rocking back and forth holding a baby doll Um, and then we cut back to Tetsuwa. He finds a book and the woman says that is her diary and then she stands up and then he's startled by what he sees uh his phone rings he answers it it's cat noises and then we see toshio is on the couch making the cat noises mouth open he screams and falls down he's actually she- holding a phone i don't know if you notice that or not but that's his yeah. ghost calling him on a fucking phone it's hilarious yeah yeah but I it's, didn't, it's also I never noticed the kid was holding the phone yeah it's ah. fucking terrifying but it's hilarious at yeah. the same time because the kid's just sitting there not even fucking moving with that fucking creepy ass stare with yeah, the cat well, and also a m- mouth gaped wide open right right so. it's just he just looks so unnatural and so fucking evil just yeah. sitting, but he's also holding a phone and he, he fucking called him on the phone and that's what makes me laugh now yeah right but when exactly. i see it i'm like jesus so um he scream uh uh he screams and falls down and she crawls up to him he she looks at him it's keiko's face looking scary as fuck that was cool that transition that they did yep. where she starts crawling like keiko and then transforms on the way up that was cool yeah uh then uh they're back at the family home and we see everyone except for keiko who's 
was rocking back and forth with the baby doll, and Nobuaki, uh, who was just sitting there staring at her. Everyone else is dead. Grandma and Grandpa, they're they're both dead. Uh, and the boy then gets up, walks out of the room, sees his grandparents' bodies. That ends that story. Yeah, that story went on for a really long time, but that whole segment yeah. was fucking creepy. I like the way that oh, they- Oh, God, yeah. I like the way that they intermixed it. And what they're basically doing here is they're showing you how the curse is actually spreading, how it's affected this yeah. house, because it also affected that apartment. It's all the same curse, but it's it's all the same, like that, that same grudge of that same person for that same hate, mm-hmm. that same teacher. And it's growing exponentially now, where it's in multiple homes, it's taking multiple lives at a time, and it's yeah. just going to basically continue like this until it gets the entirety of humanity. Yeah, pretty much. And, it's just, and we're going to see how it multiplies, because it's going to get real scary here real soon. What's interesting about this... Scarier. Yeah, what's interesting about this is there's a man who is so aggrieved and so angry and so full of rage that his wife would love someone else. Yeah. And be so obsessed and so disturbed in her own manner after this gentleman that the fucking violence and hatred that he bestows upon all of humanity, literally, from this. Like, it's it's literally his hate destroys every living thing it comes yeah. into contact with and it taints every place that it's ever been to the point where it continues to just follow the victims of it and spread from there and infect other places <laughs> that concept is super fucking terrifying to me man because it really is it is yeah. it's it's a fucking plague of just hateful violent death coming for you because one dude couldn't handle the fact that his mentally ill wife was obsessed with another dude jesus christ Hey, Drew. Or, sorry. Hey, Court. Women. No. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not what I'm saying, my man. Um, <laughs> I know. It's because it's, it's not her fault. Yeah, the, I mean, she was mentally disturbed, but that's not her fault either for no, being mentally no. disturbed. It's some asshole dude who can't stand the loss of whatever, uh, you know. Well, who may also be mentally disturbed, but he also- had to be. You have to be mentally disturbed to kill a pregnant woman and cut the baby out of her and then kill the baby. Okay, I'm not going to say no to that uh there's too many qualifications where i'm like i can't see how any sane person could do that yeah um but what what i will add to that for a qualification is you fucking better be you better you better be it better not just be i'm just angry it's like fuck man (laughs) i kind of get the feeling that this guy was just like even at best why can't you just use your toxic masculinity and go fight the teacher dude who she's obsessed with even even that's not a good thing but you know it's better than mass murder and then creating a fucking curse that's going to doom the world. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, saying. toxic masculinity is a curse that's going to doom the world too, my well, man. It's okay, the same. Well, thing. I mean, that's actually that's that. All right. Well, I, I was I'm talking about the fantasy world, not in this, not not in the horrific real world that's <laughs> almost scarier than the world that we're watching here. I believe that uh, this fantasy world, that subject that you're touching on right here, I believe that this fantasy world that we're bearing witness to is very much an indication and an indictment of that very thing of oh, I, patriarchy and male toxicity oh, and toxic time. masculinity. That's exactly what caused this grudge and this curse. And yeah. that's what is destroying humanity and affecting everything it comes in contact with. I mean, essentially. And it's it's very interesting the way that they boil that down and just well, give listen, you man. the distillation of it. Listen, fellas, find out the person you're dating has been in love with someone else forever and they don't love you. Just leave, man. It, 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 it just... It, it won't hurt anybody else. Just go. You'll be fine. Leave. Try again tomorrow, man. <laughs> you know? Just 
just restart your life. It, it, it'll be all right. You don't have to do stupid fucked up shit. Okay. I would say yes, but also use that shit with a really good fucking lawyer and take them for all they're worth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, secure yourself and your life. They, they, in a sense, if someone gets in a relationship with you, knowing that they love someone else, eh, they wasted your time. Get, get your time, you know, get what your time's worth because they fucked you for all these years while you're thinking you're building a relationship and a partnership and they're holding something back like that fuck that person and it but don't hurt them just get what you need from a lawyer and then move on with your life what i'm saying is don't hurt them physically hurt them financially with a good lawyer yeah exactly yeah exactly no no i mean i agree i totally agree because again they it's like they stole you know hey we prosecute people for stealing things it's that a breach of stole. it's a breach of that, contract it's a breach of trust yeah. it's a breach of everything absolutely than, but is it murder worthy in such an extent no, no you have to be mentally Some ill to mur- do that nothing is no i don't care what the portrayal is in a relationship it's nothing is murder worthy. nothing things are worthy to be broken up for things are worthy for for divorce, things are worthy for suing. Yes, all those things. No violence ever is anything. Yeah, there, there should never be violence. Justifiably, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, no justifiable yeah. violence in a relationship unless yeah. unless the, uh, unless that other person did some really whacked out shit themselves, like they fucking killed a family member of yours or something that, just to be a dick. Then you know you might have some justifiable shit because if they're gonna kill a family member of yours, they're probably gonna kill you too. Well, okay. First of all, if it's self defense then yes, absolutely. You can yeah. defend yourself against someone. If you're yeah. trying to prevent them from harming somebody else, yes, we're adding way too many qualifiers. The plain really fact are. of the it's matter is, weird. the kind of betrayal that we're talking about here does not justify no. the type of violence or murder that has happened here yes, at all. That, that justifies suing. They stole years out of your life. That's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. You you can take care of that shit in court. But, <laughs> but you yes. know. But my lawyers are advising me to move on. Yes. All right. Let's move on to the next story. Camille. Uh, we see two men. They walk up to their boss's house. The boss's wife answers the door. And the men's names are Camino and Ikizuka. But this is probably the last time you'll hear me say their names. They'll become old detective and young detective after this. <laughs> That's really all they are anyway. Yes. They, they don't really to... say their names again after this anyway. Yeah, they really don't. They want to see their old boss, Yoko. Yoshikawa, but the wife says he is ill and sets the door right in their face. Uh, the men then they walk around the property and they can see him sitting uh, outside, staring at the sky, talking about the sun, how it warms. He goes, I know this, I know that. Then he looks down, looks to them and he freaks the fuck out. And the wife comes out and tells him to leave. Then we cut to Nobuaki is back. And he's just walking down the street as those two detectives are watching him. Here's the part where it gets a little long-winded for me. They really go through everything that happened all the way up to this point, from the first movie till now. Everything. And I'm like, guys, you already recapped the first movie with the first half of this movie. Well, what's now happening, you're doing another recap. What's happening here is the one detective is trying to talk the other detective out of bothering with this case because of all this stuff that has been happening. Yeah, I, I get it, but oh, it was a lot. Right. I'm not arguing that point, but I was actually enjoying their performance of how they were discussing it, and and I had taken a break prior to this, so I was a little, giving it a little more leeway than what you are. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that like I found it to actually be quite intriguing because just in case you didn't quite get what was going on, these two cops are going to become Captain Obvious and just state it for you. Yeah. In such a manner as the ones like, look, dude, stop fucking looking into this. This is everything you need to know that means 
you if, need to stop looking into this. This is bad I, for both of yeah, us. I guess I could see if I could have taken a break, that probably wouldn't be good. Because I'm not talking about their acting. Their acting is very well done. Um, even though I'm reading subtitles, you get the inflections in their voice. Th- that's all well done. I, I just thought, wow, that was a lot for, for what we already just went through. Yeah, you're not, like, Jesus. you're not wrong. We've already gone through a whole shitload of intense stuff. And I think they're just trying to alleviate that. But at the same time, remind us that shit is getting real. But he also does reiterate and actually does tell us these people aren't just disappearing. Like if they show up dead, their bodies also disappear. This is some seriously nasty shit. You've seen what happened to this other detective that's already looked in, looking into it. Why are you looking into this? And he just keeps telling them all these people that yeah. have disappeared and died because he's trying to scare them but they're also rehashing things at the same time so if you're gonna do it do it like this is what i'm saying yeah i'm just saying yeah and and we do find out that their old boss was the lead detective in a lot of these cases and he went insane while investigating it (laughs) as we've just fucking witnessed and felt very uncomfortable about might i add yeah and anybody who's ever lived or investigated or did anything they're either dead or missing yeah or Uh, like this boss yeah except for nobuaku who was the Nubuaki, I'm sorry, who was the only one left. Um, then the uh, the older cop says he found a weird picture in his boss's office, and you'll show it to him when they get back. They get back at the station, and that older uh, detective shows the pic. One pic is of Yushishimi, and then another one is of supposed to be of her as well, right before they found some bodies in the house. And she's a completely different person. That's because she's 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 a uh, um, Keiko. She looks exactly Keiko. like Keiko. Yeah. I don't I don't know why I just lost the name there. Yeah, her. Hair Hair has mysteriously grown super long, super fast, because it's only a few months. But basically, yeah. she has been somehow transformed physically into Kayoko. She's a completely different person. Then, the older cop lights the pictures on fire, puts them down, he says, I want nothing to do with this case. And he tells the younger cop to stay away from it as well. Back at the old boss's house, the wife goes to wake him up, but he looks kind of dead. And then we, she looks up, and Kayoko appears in the ceiling in the form of blood. Not great. It's not a good thing. <laughs> That was pretty fucking creepy, and they did a good effect of it, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> it, um, it's fucking freaky, because it just happens all of a sudden, where you just see the stuff seep into the ceiling, and then it turns into her face, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, um, and, it, and it looks like her face actually comes out, and it's still, like, bloody and shit. I don't know how they did this effect, but it worked yeah. pretty well. Well, we cut back to the station. And the younger, uh, a officer, she comes up and tells the young detective that someone's here for him. Well, he has the file of uh, Kyoko. And the young officer states that that's the woman who's there to see him. And he's like, well, that can't fucking be at all because there's just no fucking way that would be happening. And she's like, um, uh-oh. And then the old detective, he comes bursting out. Did you actually freaking- see a woman dressed in white walking in the background as they're saying that going into the room where that old detective was i didn't yeah now i'm gonna have to rewatch this motherfucker that fucking happened uh, and that fucking flipped my it shit must have been right when i was writing something you see yeah fuck it. yeah no it. it was super fucking quick but it was right as that scene was happening and it was right before the guy was screaming someone that looked like keiko in a white dress and there i think bloody arms too just like walking in like it was nothing yeah damn fuck that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so that now guy actually fucking saw her because she was actually there yeah yeah uh so then 
the young cop, he goes into the office to see what the fuck was happening, and the young officer uh, calms the older cop, well, doesn't really calm him down, but sits him down and runs in and follows him. And then the old cop looks down between his legs in the hallway, and Kaoki just uh, pops up, staring at him, end of that story. That was awesome. She just slides out between his legs. Yeah, he's gone. He's totally gone. Yeah, yeah. And probably the younger detective and that officer are probably soon to be dead as well. Yeah, if they're not, it's it's going to be real, real soon. Yeah, especially yeah. everybody that saw her. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this was bad. <laughs> <laughs> when you say bad, I know you don't mean what the audience is going to think you mean. So I just no, have no, to this is bad and is in for them. <laughs> yeah, this is this is awful for everyone that is going through this. But my gosh, is this an intense and fun film? Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of fun. It <laughs> is a good time. And that's the thing that's interesting about this is like I'm scared, but I'm actually going on a thrill ride this time where it it definitely feels a lot more fun at this point with these scares and where that she's coming for people and when the kids coming for people as well it feels better than the last movie where it's just you all you have to do is think about the horrible thing that happened now you just get to watch the vengeance and air it and be like oh shit that got me yeah right yeah and it's it's good stuff <laughs> <laughs> right it alleviates some of that tension that they've been building up but at the same time you still have to think about what caused all of this and you still feel terrible when you realize that that's the shit that all these people that are getting taken are going through yeah right Right? Oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> right? It is so old shit. God damn. All right, we can move on. All right. So then we start with the story Nobuki. Uh, Nobuyoki. So the boy. Uh, we cut to, he's in school now, kids are playing, and they kind of are talking to him, and he turns, gives them a weird look, but then he looks out the window, and he sees their Kayoko standing out, uh, in, in the, in the schoolyard, but then she's right up against the window, crawls through it, all the other kids are all of a sudden gone, he's alone, he runs away, she chases in a very quick, spry manner, he then gets cornered by two Kayokos. Well, then we cut to his face is very pale, he's obviously been infected, he's now just sitting in a room with a ton of Kaokos bashing on the windows trying to get in and outside there's Kaokis all over the schoolyard and they all are making those noises that's the end of that story let's just go into the last story here because it's about a, a minute yeah because this is how quick these go yeah uh, these last two because when the last two stories start there's only like five minutes left in the movie <laughs> yeah it's weird the way they frame yeah. all of this but whatever we'll go yeah we'll cut to Sayori the whole scene is just the outside of the murder house these girls are searching the house they're thinking Thinking about, you know, I guess, living in it. One of the girls names is Shiori. Um, as they're going through, they find the sake. They drink it, but they all spit it out because they're like, that's not even sake. That's gross. What is that? And all of a sudden, we start hearing weird noises and roll credits. All right. So there's like a billion Keikos coming for him. They're all over the school. They're all over the place. That is all of the souls. The, like the reason that people are disappearing is the souls are being yeah. collected. Their bodies disappear like hers did, and like the the boys did, where no one ever sees them again. Mm-hmm. And their souls are replaced with exact copies of her curse, roaming wherever they died and affecting other people too. That I mean, I I agree with you. I think that's exactly it. Um, the horrificness. Uh, it, it's almost reminds me of a like a zombie movie of her bashing all over the windows as the kids just sitting in. There. 
there. That freaks the fuck out of me. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is I think he's actually having a vision where the thing that she's doing is she's sparing him for whatever reason. And she's going to live in a world with her just crawling around everywhere where he can see her, but she can't or won't affect him. Like that's his future. That's, I think, what we're getting a vision of. Or maybe that's how he sees the world, like no matter what. So he's not really left alone. She's just not taking him. He's just being constantly tormented like that. Yeah. I mean, it is... But yeah, you start to realize that this is something, it's going to be uh, much like the uh, Sadako in which it is a disease that it can be passed from person to person. Yeah, essentially what ends up happening is the environments get tainted with it, people get tainted with it, and whatever whatever you're in, whenever you encounter it, the more you're around it, the stronger of a hold that it takes over you until it finally just takes you over. And it affects everybody in a different way. The one woman was possessed as opposed to just disappearing and being, you know, like brutalized yeah. like anybody else that was in the house. And uh, now that school is tainted. Yeah. And not only that, like the apartment where the guy's wife was murdered by the same guy who was holding this grudge while he was still going, um, that's also tainted by it. And that also has its own fucking murder spirit that's going along with that. But still, it's somehow tied into Kayako. And she ends up essentially whatever it is with the curse that was developed from her death and her sons, they're intertwined but it also ends up sort of like usurping the additional areas where that that curse gets spread you know like anybody else that gets affected by it they sort of transform into her or the or there's a version of the sun but we mostly see versions of her she's the one that really replicates even when her son is taking <laughs> like her, the son's ghost with the cat meow if he takes yeah. somebody it's still her that's replicating in this case that's yeah th- no that's that's true yeah I, Jesus Christ every time we talk about it, it gets more and more horrific <laughs> Every time I think it's 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 ended as much as as horrifying as it can be. Oh fuck, I guess not. <laughs> I think what's really driving this grudge curse combo is the level of obsession that she had for the teacher mixed with the level of possessive insanity that the husband had in his jealousy and the rage that he brought upon her flesh for this obsession. It just somehow together the strength of those two like just so far beyond normal rational human emotion into like sick dark obsessive possessive ideas of what people think love should be in their heads whenever they're that diluted and fucking mentally ill like that particular level of just so far beyond healthy relationship dynamic that drove that level of violence and rage and just everything mixed together I think the two of them together Together is what formed this curse because it took the sun and he has become a part of it but he only ever really feeds the initial death and the, the everything that happened to the mother and it's all have to do with the mother's obsession and the husband's murder of her everything else is just basically an extension of that and i think that's why everybody always transforms into her because it's that violent death that violent obsession everything that's all that mixed together and it's usurping everything else now jesus christ yeah yeah and now it's not even uh, fuck the rage man fuck me <laughs> i mean like i just i i can get into some fucking rage man like i i i understand unhealthy levels of fucking aggression and anger that you cannot control but i have never ever been so bad that i would hurt someone that i actually care about and actually yeah. i've done really well to not even hurt people that i feel fucking deserve it like i've gone yeah, right I, i've gone beyond the john Connott's film of jack brooks monster slayer like i can control it better than even jack brooks you know what i mean nice. like he's just channeling it to fight monsters but like I cannot punch
punch the guy that's yelling at me about the fucking egg rolls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like, and I just, I just can't fathom that. Like, cause I can feel some rage, man. I can feel some rage to where I think my heart's going to explode if I don't calm down, you know? Yeah. And I've never gone that far enough to where I've been in a jealous rage that I would want to hurt the woman that I love. I cannot no. even imagine. I can't even believe that kind of shit. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how that even so, fucking would work. So if anything could become a curse, that kind of level of rage and hate and violence and anger is something that I can believe can be spread as a curse because it's something, yeah. something that I can understand. And I think that's what's so brilliant about this tact of telling you a ghost story where it's this ever growing, ever fucking hateful curse because it really is like the way that it affects you in real life whenever you live with that kind of thing, you know, like the, it's clearly, a, you know, it's an allegory for domestic violence and toxic masculinity and obsession and all of this kind of stuff just curled into a horror film to deal with the subject matter. But really, when you think about it, the things that it represents are really things that do end up taking lives. And it's an ever growing cycle that spreads from person to person as well because of that cycle cycle of abuse right <laughs> yeah no i mean you're you're exactly right jesus christ yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a for being 2000 that's a it's a great fucking thing for talking about what we have today yeah it definitely should have made some gentlemen think twice about the way that they react to relationship dynamics you know yeah like it, it really should have i don't know well, if it I ever did the late but 90s would. and the early 2000s was a huge explosion of what we now can call toxic masculinity yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but so, I mean, maybe it was dead on. I mean, it's just things just haven't changed in 22 years, and that's also sad. <laughs> well, it's just an interesting way of looking at these films because it definitely makes me think about living in those kinds of environments and what that life must have been like before that level of violence that brought that curse upon humanity, and the fact that it's spreading absolutely positively, 100% makes sense. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Holy Holy shit. Just gotta be terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we need to stop talking about this. And I think right now is a perfect time to take a break. What do you think, my man? I, I completely agree. Let's right. get the fuck out of this. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break here. We're going to play the band Humpback with the song Dear Sir, comma, Boy, which again, direct translation. Sorry about that. And when we come back, we'll have some fucking PSYOP news to cheer everybody up. shit 
I did not lie to anyone when I said that I had stuff that still fucking rocked and it's still all female fronted Japanese bands. Yeah. God damn, that's good shit. Yeah, man. I am still perplexed at just how much I was able to find in so many different bands. I mean, I've double dipped on a few bands here and there where I, I've grabbed a couple of songs, but I keep finding so many more interesting bands every week. And it, it's not even really that hard. I'm just doing simple Google Foo searches to find this stuff. That's super. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking cool. And what's funny, I love that shit. legit, everything that I've picked so far for this franchise fest is stuff that I have either started listening to right after finding it or stuff that I've already listened to, but it's all stuff that I'm really enjoying. And it's getting to the point now where, like, I don't even know if I'm going to be, like, ever going to be still listening to English language music again for a while. Because I keep finding all this Never stuff that's kicking again. my ass, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but why don't we just stop all this bullshit patter and give the audience what they want with some Psyop News? This is uh, from our man, Chris. Ah, that's our man, Chris, from Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. Our man, Chris, from Wisconsin. And this story is Israeli scientists grow sperm on a microchip. Of course you're going to pick that. Of course. I mean, I uh, did either this or the wiggle sweaty finger made out of My gum s- has a skin. cure for cancer. My gum has a cure for cancer. Yeah, tears um, are good lube. Yeah, not quite. That, but anyway, I have the uh, most confused direction right now. People who have aggressive treatment for certain types of cancers may have fertility problems, and children and teenagers are often a special concern. Come According to the American me. Cancer Society, treatments like chemotherapy and radiation therapy can damage sperm-forming cells and result in impaired uh, uh, impaired spermatogenesis, Everyone will the be origin and my development face. of sperm cells within the male reproductive organs. Israeli scientists, led by a research group uh, uh, at the Ben Gurion University of Negev in Beersheba, have developed a innovative platform to create sperm in a laboratory through microfluidic system, uh, which contains hundreds of microchannels for fluids to pass through. The sperm was grown. Jesus, the, the sperm was grown on a special silicon chip developed in collaboration with researchers at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology. A 3D system was built. Fuck, why did I pick this one? This is it's hard. It's going to cost you some uh, serious cock. <laughs> it probably will. Yeah. Always a 3D system. A 3D system was built and integrated to allow the addition of testicular tissue cells. Circle the chip jerk. enabled the researchers to grow cells from the, the testes in the microchip and add fresh cell culture media designed to support cellular growth. I don't know. I mean, that could have happened too, because I don't know any of those words. Countdown to Bukaki. The research was published recently in the peer-reviewed journal uh, Biofabrication under the title Testis on a Chip, a microfluidic three-dimensional culture system for the development of spermatogenesis in vitro. Professor Muham Eho from uh, uh, Shraga Siegel Department of Micropology. Fuck this, man. 
Jesus Christ, immunology <laughs> genetics. See what you get and, for wanting to read a fucking story about sperm grown on a microchip? I Yeah, I guess, man. Fucking How dare they me. put sciency talk in a sciency article about fucking cum being made on microchips? Right? I'm just looking for the jokes, people. <laughs> <laughs> and jokes on you, Matt Syop. You have to learn yeah, yeah, words yeah, I, to read this one. I'm going put to a, put a quarter in my ass. I just fucking played myself, I guess. Jesus Christ. Anywho, uh, I rented out my womb. You rented a, what the fuck? <laughs> when did I say that? <laughs> I rented out my womb. I mean, I kind of wish I had one. I, I'd rent that shit out right now. If Your I'm bloodshed like, I boner cash. more than four hours. Yeah, done. It's just that it's destroying <laughs> my bloodshed boner. Okay, my bloodshed boner. <laughs> Hey, fucker, uh, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Uh, so anyway, uh, oh, fuck, okay. They tell, uh, the, the, uh, the site is called No Camels. Uh, so they tell No Camels there was a need to find a method to produce sperm cells in the laboratory, especially for younger males who have not yet, de- who have not developed sperm yet. According to Huel, when his team began studying some 15 years ago, they knew that when cancer affects sperm generation on adults, medical professionals can cryopreserve sperm for the those patients and use them in the future before chemotherapy treatment, he explains. The problem is with pubescent boys who do not generate sperm at their age, and the question was how can we cryopreserve the sperm, or how can we make preservation of the fertility if it's possible. Like adult males, these younger males have stem cells, or what he refers to as basic germ cells, which can proliferate, propagate, and differentiate later to produce sperm. Uh, these basic cells are present in boys, so the question was, can we use these cells with any kind of technology to produce sperm in the future? Young mice that didn't produce sperm cells, uh, yet were a model to, uh, were a model the researchers used to uh, imitate the conditions for the growth of sperm cells in the testicle. If this is Underlab- rat, this, do you want rat people? Cause this is how you get mice this people. This is, yeah, this is how you get mice people. Don't do this. Uh, well, they just, they just did testing. <laughs> Uh, sure matt let me let me spin off a million fucking conspiracy theories based on this subject alone yeah right oh fuck yeah no shit um yeah all right uh i'm really not gonna go through the rest of this fucking article uh so (laughs) basically they're able to synthesize sperm for people that aren't able to produce it for themselves on these microchips by using their stem cells whether or not that's viable they're not 100 percent sure but they're making this out of people yes it's soylent green sperm grown on a microchip film at 11 yes yes and as this we didn't have enough of a population problem well now we have ways of making more people so that's that's always going to go well oh but haven't you heard that fertility is down mad and that the human race is doomed because nobody's having babies anymore not how i'm seeing it around me yeah me me neither i'm not seeing that at all uh at all so that's bullshit um <laughs> we're living in them. children of men matt where nobody is able to give birth anymore and birth rates are down so significantly but yeah not, a, not, not, as, not as i'm seeing it <laughs> so. that's, that's not happening at fucking all <laughs> <laughs> maybe overall our trend is heading down but we have so many fucking people it's still making up for it we need uh we 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 oh, fuck we need less people <laughs> i'm sorry but we have like a million less here in the and, states and we, no one and, even noticed really and you can't yeah and you can't even like afford uh these pe- the the people that are being made so <laughs> fuck us right so the psyop news was supposed to cheer everybody up but the message for the psyop news is actually the same as the message
message for the film, which is that we're all doomed and life is fucking meaningless. So with that, we're going to play the Ending Legion show promo. We're going to have a little bit of music from the band Girlfriend with the song Full House, and we're going to close out this fucking depressing show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. let that fucking song girlfriend full Dude. house play for fucking ever that was badass as shit i'm mad you let it stop <laughs> <laughs> listen man it's still going underneath us but you're gonna have to listen to the episode to fucking hear that and just way to give that away folks yeah right jesus <laughs> <laughs> i didn't bring up my show housekeeping because i was having so much fun jamming out that was some really well played fucking music man i'm digging that stuff i'm gonna have to find some other shit from that band girlfriend that's for sure yeah, yeah that was good shit yeah like i said man like i have no need for english language music anymore I'm just going to fucking obsess over Japanese shit. <laughs> I agree. Why, why, why wouldn't we? <laughs> well, if you'd like to find other instances where I make de- declarative statements about things that I don't do, making myself seem like a fool in retrospect, that's all available on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. And holy shit, I just unloaded a whole bunch of anxiety on you folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking. We're special. <laughs> One of the places where I actually do feel special is our Instagram feed of cinema underscore psyops, where I thread 
Bryce Daly bring you memes during the work week for the working human being that is trying to just make ends meet in this fucked up capitalistic nightmare we all live in. That's cinema underscore psyops where I'm trying to cheer you up and not making you think about those things where I load off even more of my anxiety on you and I'm sorry. Yeah, about that. on the gram, baby. Get your, get all your anxiety needs on the fucking gram. <laughs> One of the places that I also unload all of my anxiety off onto you because let's not even fucking mince words anymore is our Facebook group Cinema Psyops where all my insecurities are yours to reinforce. That's, that's what this show's for, man. It's just for us to unload this anxiety we have on everything. <laughs> we have looked upon the void. It has looked back at us and we have chosen to continue screaming. And we definitely blinked. We definitely blinked. <laughs> I am Court Psyops, available there in the void, also known as Facebook, that I continue to look into. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Look into the void. Keep staring at it. It's a great staring contest. <laughs> if you'd like to email feedback to Court, Court at gmail.com and let them know that you have, in fact, looked into the void and it's nothing like you were describing, Court. That's ridiculous. Go right ahead and write that diatribe about it and uh, maybe I'll read it on the air or maybe you'll just terrify me enough to block you. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah we'll just run away. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're running away from what you clearly are doing when you're staring out there into the void, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. I can cut this shit out if you don't want it on the air. I just was curious because I know he hurt himself. So just... Yeah, he's good. He's doing better. That's Broke good. a rib for Christ's sake. Right. Like trying to be a good Samaritan and shit, right? Yeah. Trying to help people into the hotel he was staying at. <laughs> That's Mr. Psyop, man. I mean, motherfucker's almost 80, so I don't know how smart it was, but... Yeah, well, and that's your pops, though, man. That's yeah. just... He, he that is how he is. He wouldn't be him if it wasn't if he wasn't doing shit like that. Right, you know, trying yeah. To, trying to be all good Samaritan-like and getting himself hurt doing it. Yeah, you know? no shit. That's, that's kind of how this always goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I still talk to you is to get access to your dad, because he's that fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, that's why most people still talk to me. <laughs> You rolling on your side yet? Uh, yeah, I am. One, two, three. See, that's all work. We could keep all of that in. That's that's yeah, very vague shit. But, yeah, that was vague enough. That's good <laughs> shit. We're good there. Oh, fuck, dude. I just had a mini panic attack, like, right before we started the show. Just fucking, I just, anxiety just hit, like, fucking max levels. Yeah, well, I've been living there, so I totally feel you there, my man. Yeah, fucking, I just, oof. And it, what happened was, so, we had some internet issues after one of the big storms, and we are gonna have a... 
come out and check everything out. And so, like, I had a ton of shit in the, in the back storage area. So I brought it all out. And I haven't put it back yet because we're kind of thinking about doing something different to make that back room more accessible. And so my basement's just fucking trashed right now. And I, like, have no room for anything. And then right before we got everything started, I knocked something over. Like, luckily, everything had lids on. But, like, everything just went off my computer table. and just fell to the ground. And I just went fucking. And then my phones kept buzzing for, like, Facebook updates. Like, people posting shit. Like, like, I thought I had all that turned off. And it all hit right away. And I just, like, I went to, a, like, a screaming fit for about ten fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you don't fucking smash I, shit like I do whenever I start losing it. Oh, I, I banged on my table with my fist. I, I cut my fist pretty good. but You got that bandaged up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. But, yeah, I just fucking, I just went fucking insane. I rattled on for like uh, for like ten minutes about like social media is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate fucking the mess in my fucking basement. And I fucking hate everything. It's like Jesus Christ. She goes, "You okay, babe? Does it feel better?" I'm like, mm, "No, not really, but yeah, whatever." Our, our long-suffering wives dealing with our fucking anxiety issues and our fucking bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I feel always bad for because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, you guys got to deal with this shit. Could just you couldn't get someone normal in your life. You had to get me. My my bad. <laughs> well, I mean, just dealing with the shit that I'm dealing with with Bev being hurt and I'm yeah. doing I'm doing twice the work with half the amount of time to get it done, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you've been going on through shit too, so fucking I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Yeah, well I I'm having meltdowns, but I'm literally like just too exhausted to fucking do anything about it. So I'm just sitting around complaining about how fucking exhausted I am and how tired I am that everything hurts. Meanwhile my wife is fucking you know, hobbled really bad. Her yeah, butt. yeah, yeah. She's got a she's got a banged up fucking knee. Yeah, right. All right. Um, Juan two or Juan the curse two. Juan the curse two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. All right. Let me see if you can hear this. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. And you obviously can hear me. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been talking all this time about shit that nobody cares about. That's also correct. You recording on your side? <laughs> yes, you fucking twat waffle. I am. I'm recording on mine, and it's with the right microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and your waveform looks good, correct? Yes. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's work through some of this fucking anxiety and put it into the show. What do you say? All right, let's do it. Fucking act. Watching a horror movie. Uh, you all right? Yeah, that was just my uh, trash can. Sorry. Uh, uh, it sounded liquidy almost. <laughs> oh, shit. Did he have a spell? <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> well, here's the empty sound. You'll, you're going to love this. Ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's like fucking arthritis being activated, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, I mean, I know it's supposed to probably sound like paper being crumpled, but yeah, no. <laughs> sounds like sounds like two ninety-five year olds with severe arthritis trying to fuck. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's a hell of an outtake. There's a, there's a visual to be sure. Uh, <laughs> Not one that anyone ever asked for. Uh, anyway, no. I listen. Don't kink shame anyone in what they want to watch. <laughs> That's fair. So. All right, I'll try my best yeah. not to interrupt you until you tell me that it's the end of the story. <laughs> All right. I doubt that will fucking happen because we're still I mean, have to get a longer. We have too much year. going on here. I doubt that will be either one of us will be able to stop this. But <laughs> I know us. We never shut the fuck up. Look at this. Right, right. We're we're. Look how long we've gone on just talking about what we're getting ready to talk about. Right. We're not trying to pad the episode. This is just naturally how long-winded we both are. It's very true. Yeah. I mean, if we actually tried to pad an episode, we couldn't do it nearly as well as just doing this by accident. 
Are we back doing that same stupid bit from last week? I wasn't even trying, I swear to God. <laughs> We're fucking awful. I swear on my life, I wasn't even trying. And right when I finished the sentence, I go, fuck, this sounds like the bit from last week. <laughs> We're so fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm like, did I just do the bit from last week on accident? Fuck me. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, and the kid is still staring at his aunt. Then the dad says that she uh, is... Sorry. You're fine. That that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it wasn't Keiko coming for you, was not Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> there you go. That means you're almost there. So... Yep. Pretty healthy lungs there, dude, to, to hold that that long. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, nice job. Uh, Spit some stuff no, out as you're talking? No, I, I had a Gatorade. Then I had another Gatorade bottle in here, but I put lemonade in it, like pink lemonade. But I just got done with my other Gatorade, so I opened this one up to drink it. I'm expecting Gatorade, and I get hit with lemonade. It's just fucking, I just was shocked for a minute. Ooh, that's tart. Ooh, I mean, it was tasty, but yeah, it's fucking, oh, fuck. What happened? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what has happened to me? Hey, uh, I got to go take care of something with Bev here. Uh, if you want to take a couple minutes break, and uh, I'll be right back, okay? Cool. All right, later, man. I'm back. Cool, cool. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, three, two, one. That was just the best way to end it. I had nothing. Yeah, I think so. Show, make sure you check out the other great shows on the League of Podcasts. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this show, like, Jesus. Cinema Psyops. Cinema Psyops. The Podcast. Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. I said we were going to put all our fucking anxiety into this fucking show, and we fucking did. We sure as hell did, man. Jesus. from what you clearly are doing when you're staring out there into the void. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> fuck Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I didn't get it. Yeah, I was done. I was, I'm wiped.